many people, when they wake up in the morning, there's this decision to be made. Do I have the time, energy, or the desire to read the Bible? And then the rest of their day, they either feel excited that they took the time or shamed that they didn't. And it goes on, not even if they even understood or benefited from it, but they believe that the act of reading the Bible is mandatory for the Christian, and it often just leads to discouragement and shame. Today, Justin and I want to have a conversation about the joy of Scripture, knowing His Word, and what does the Bible really want from us as far as engaging the Word, specifically reading it. We hope this is encouraging. hope it's clarifying. Stay tuned. If you're new to Theocast, you may not have heard of this word. It's called pietism. Have you ever felt like the Christian life is a heavy burden versus rest and joy? That you wake up worrying about how well you're going to perform instead of thinking about what Christ has done for you. It's dread versus joy, really. That's pietism. Pietism causes Christians to look in on themselves and find their hope, not in what Christ has done, but what they're doing. And we have a little book for you. It's free. We want you to download it. And we're going to explain the difference between pietism and what we call confessionalism. Reformed theology, really. How it is that we walk by faith, seeing the joy of Christ. And when Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest, what does that look like? You can download it at our website. Just go to theocost.org. Welcome to Theocast, encouraging weary pilgrims to rest in Christ. If you're weary, stay tuned. That's our goal. Or if you're surprised like me, John got started so fast, I didn't even know what we were doing. Anyway, <laughs> continue. If you want to know where we come from, we are confessional, covenantal, and reformed Baptist preachers. And what's, preachers, and what's that, that mean, stuff. John? What's that mean? What's that mean? Let me, let me clarify what that means. Listen, we just want to clarify the gospel and reclaim the purpose of the kingdom. Stay tuned, all a lot of words. Uh, we're just two pastors who love the gospel and love our churches, and hopefully we're here to encourage you as well. So I'm John, or actually so start with Justin. Justin Purdue, pastor of Covenant Baptist Church in Asheville, North Carolina. And I'm John Moffat, I'm the pastor of Grace Reform Church in Spring Hill, Tennessee. And I just had another listener who was in our town, didn't even know, he's been listening for a year and he kept skipping the intro. So there you go, don't skip the intro. It does happen. It happens. It's happened with us too. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, it's good to uh, it's beginning of the year for you, not for us. Justin and I are still mm -hmm. recording in 2023. We so are. back to the future here for That's us. Right. And uh, we're excited. Only announcement I have for you is that we're working on all kinds of new things like mm -hmm. books and, and new merch, all that kind of stuff. If you want to stay up to tune with what we're doing, download the can, app. Download the app. Can I make a brief announcement that's quasi Theocast related just because yeah. it's stuff that people have been asking about on the community? Oh, anyway. yeah. I know exactly where you're going. Go um, for it. So this podcast should release, I think, scheduled to release on January 31st. Yep. Um, in the month of February, registration will go live for a conference that we're hosting at my church on April 19th and April 20th. We've got our friend, our brother, Chad Bird, coming to speak. He's going to be doing a mashup of the limping with God and night driving content. Mm. So it'll be a Friday evening, Saturday day kind of short conference in, in Asheville, hosted uh, in the building where we meet and looking forward to that. So if you're interested in coming, registration opens to the public. I think at least the plan was to open that on February 1. So it may even be tomorrow awesome. uh, when registration will go live for everybody. So if you want to make the trip to Asheville and enjoy the spring in the mountains and hear some good teaching, we'd love to have you. Lord willing, hopefully we might get them on the pod while we're there. So we'll see. Yeah, because I think you're going to come and yep. uh, we may, yeah, we're going to make a, I'll make be a thing of it. 
I'm so. gonna miss that. I mean, I may have to miss it, but I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, word. Well, that's it. Uh, to community, Justin. At this point, I mean, we're already over a thousand people. I don't even know where we're at now. Several months later after this, but I never. It's did. refreshing. I just know there's a lot of people in there. It's refreshing. The people are kind. They're gracious. They ask really good questions. Yeah. Uh, friendships are being made. I know people are even connecting off off the app, like in their mm-hmm. own towns or meeting up with people. So it's been great. Mm-hmm. That sounded like a dating app. It's not a dating app. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> We're not swiping any direction here. No. <laughs> All right, Justin. Uh, kind of a kind of a punchy title, but we don't want it to be. We yeah. want it to be helpful and encouraging. So talk to us about Bible reading. About the burden of Bible reading. Ooh. Man. Yeah, that is a that's a shock doc title if I've ever heard. Yeah, one. I know we're trying uh, to do that. We're we? really not shock docs here. I, I think we're meaning <laughs> to draw people in. I know that we're meaning that's to right. draw people in with the title, and then we want to have a very uh, warm, balanced, we hope, encouraging biblical conversation about God's word, reading it, but just effectively how we have individualized it so much in a way that it's it's just become unhelpful rather than thinking in good communal ways about how the word of God functions in the church. Yeah. And maybe, I mean, for you, it's the new year, you know, you've, you've started a Bible reading plan a few weeks ago. Maybe you've already fallen on your face and you're 11 days behind and you're just like, man, I'm about to just punt and give up and try again next year. Uh, Or, you know, maybe you're plowing strong and then you're going to get to Leviticus here in a few weeks and you're not going to know what to do with that. Mm -hmm. And you're going to, you're going to trip up there. I'm not sure um, how you view reading the Bible. So John and I are here to say reading the Bible is a good thing, but it should be a joyful thing that we get to do as the followers of Christ. And uh, we're going to talk a whole lot about that and how Bible reading sadly has been ruined for us all uh, in the ways that it's (laughs) talked about and uh, the way that that preachers and theologians talk about it. Uh, A lot of the joy has just been sucked out of the whole thing. Um, And we often go to the Bible, let's be honest, People go to the scriptures and read things and are like, Man, I just don't know how to understand that. Yeah. And maybe and apply it, it in ways that are heretical. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. I mean, at best, maybe unhelpful. At worst, maybe just patently false and wrong conclusions are drawn. Mm-hmm. And that shouldn't, that's not good. And yeah. so how what's a better way? I mean, effectively, what is a better way to think about engaging with God's word as a Christian? That's what we're going to talk about today. That's right. So. Yeah, I've grown up uh, in a Christian home. You know, Bible reading was part of the daily habits that I was um, encouraged to participate in. Justin, there were many times I checked it off the list because I needed to know I, I needed to do it. Um, and there are times when I try and pick things that were quick and easy just so I could check it off the list. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people have grown up with that. They hear preachers and they read books about the importance and the value of Bible reading. And you feel the weight of that. You think about the sin in your life. You think about how your marriage is falling apart. And often we equate it to, man, if I just would have spent time in the word and that I can, I can feel that and I can hear that. Um, And often Justin, when we start pulling apart the concept of reading the word, uh, if it, the most important part about scripture, okay is that you actually know it, believe it. Like there's three things scripture commands, right? You know it, you believe it, you obey it. Those are the three things mm-hmm. that absolutely commands. You know the word, you believe the word, and you obey mm-hmm. the word, right? Um, and that to me is more important in my life, in the life of our church than anything else. Like that is yeah. the priority of the preacher, that they may know the word, be mature in the word, that they might believe the word, because who cares mm-hmm. if you know it? 
you must believe it, right? Yeah. Paul, what does John say? I write this thing that you might believe and, and believe yeah. and have eternal life. And therefore, yeah. if you have eternal life, that means obeying. You're going to obey, right? Uh, what ends up get, getting confused is the con- the idea of reading, right? What I always encourage the people in our church is, is that, listen, my responsibility as an elder of this congregation is that you have the you have the um, ability to engage in God's word that you might hear it and know it, be, to no, grow yeah. in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, yeah. right? Ephesians, um, you know, Peter, or sorry, uh, Paul commands Timothy to preach the word and to teach it faithfully in season and out of season, right? And that we reprove, rebuke, exhort. Why? So that there can be mature Christians in our congregation. So Justin and I, you and I love mature Christians. Yeah. They're a sweet joy to be around, right? We want nothing more than the For people sure. to grow in maturity. And this conversation is, is, is really about that. And the question you have to answer is, have we misplaced or misunderstood reading? And, and I want to say that there is, a, I think, a difference between reading the Word of God and knowing it. And some people yeah. will say this to me all the time, Justin. Um, how are to you to know it unless you read it? And that's a fair argument. Is it not? I mean, how sure. are you to know it unless sure. you read it? I'll I'll toss this back and say, I agree. Then how did the church for the first 1,500 years know it? Because they definitely knew it. Mm-hmm. How did they know it? Because they they couldn't go about knowing. They definitely knew it. They believed it and they obeyed it. But well, they couldn't go about knowing it in the same way that we do today. No, agree. I think you you know the word by engaging with it. Exactly. There's a better way to say it. That's exactly right. Reading is just one of the ways that a person might engage with the That's word. right. And I think we do need to be, be honest and acknowledge historically, you already alluded to it, that for, I would say, the first 1,600 years yeah. uh, of the church's existence, the vast majority of Christians would not have had a copy of the scriptures for their own personal Not an use. entirety one, no. No. They maybe would have had portions, mm-hmm. uh, but where did they engage most pointedly with God's word written? Well, it was in the corporate gatherings of the church. It was with other saints where they would gather to hear it preached. They would gather to hear it taught. They would meet to discuss it. And those are ways that we can and should still engage with the word today. I think a lot of times, this isn't an either or. Sadly, it often things are pitted against each other. It always is. And I'm trying to figure out how to stop that. (laughs) It's so lamentable to me. I know. It is to you. Like, now we have more ways that we can engage with the word, but what we ought not do is jettison the ways in which the saints engaged with the word for 1600 years and the ways that the Lord has told us in the word to engage with it. So, or create a John, law where there is no law. Well, and we'll get there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, John, you and I are preachers of God's word. We're called to be pastors of the yeah. congregations where we are. And so at the risk of sounding self-serving, I'm just going to say all this, like sermons, preaching, the corporate gathering are not man's idea. It's not like a group of pastors got together and said, hey, we need to figure out a way to bind people's consciences so that they will come and listen to us talk so that we have a job to do. That's not how this came about. The Lord has worked this way by using people whom he has gifted for certain purposes to to preach and teach his word so that his people would learn and grow. They would grow in their knowledge and understanding of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are transformed as the message of Christ is preached to us, we are confirmed in the faith as the power and love and mercy of Jesus is extolled to us. All of those things, it's how God has always worked. And so it is not a slap in the face to the Holy Spirit in any regard 
for us to say that we need churches, we need pastors, we need people to teach us the scripture mm -hmm. so that we would rightly understand it and so that we would better engage with it. That's and right. so we can't just throw those things away. Mm -mm. And so a healthy way to engage the word is going to include sitting under good preaching. It's going to include being taught by faithful pastors uh, as to how to understand the scriptures, doing theology corporately with saints who are alive with you now and with faithful Christians who've lived before you so that we can better understand how the saints have always engaged with the word of God and how the church has rightly understood it. That's right. And so, and of course, we're going to gather to pray and sing and participate in the sacraments to, to receive the Lord's Supper and baptism as a piece of how the Lord imparts and sustains, strengthens faith yeah. and nourishes us. Well, as so that can't be thrown away. No. And sadly, that is often sort of jettisoned. And the way in which we now grow as Christians, it sounds almost exclusively, if you listen to some people, is through our own personal reading and study. That's and right. that would be an error. That's right. Well, I mean, even um, Paul talks about multiple times that uh, discipleship flows down. I mean, the elders are teaching and preaching, but then those who are mature in Christ, it says the older women are teaching the younger women, right? The, the yeah. whole the engagement of God's word, it's not just the elders it's, who are doing it's it. Communal, it's communal. It's, it's the a, whole church. It's absolutely right. And, and really, I would say the Bible emphasizes that. I mean, Hebrews says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves. So you're, you're doing, consider daily how to 100%. build one another up, right? Uh, I love this. Let the word of God dwell in you richly through songs how? and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing. Singing. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, th that's Colossians you could, but he does say singing to one another, by the way. You I could agree. sing at home. You know, I, I enjoy listening to music. It's clear that singing. he means the gathering. It, he does. Yeah. So I think that there is a, we have to be careful in that because Justin, I have heard people say this and you mentioned it before on the pod. If you don't have a desire to read your Bible every single day, then you should question your salvation. I've heard people say that. I've, I've heard people say that if you are not engaging in God's word consistently on your own by yourself, then there's something wrong spiritually. You're making yourself vulnerable. And Justin, I can't say that. What I can say is that, um, you engaging in God's word will be encouraging to you. It will uplift you. It'll give you uh, ammo to fight the discouragement and encourage your brothers, right? Yeah. I, I can say that. I can say that God's word in our hearts and our minds is, is definitely a, a, a means of encouragement. My family and I, We'll take turns writing down our favorite verses, put them on three by five cards, and we share them on the table mm -hmm. just as a healthy way of just sharing God's word, you know? But the the point of of this pod is to kind of relieve this pressure that people have that some have listen, again, the Bible's clear. You must know it, believe it, obey it. Not antinomians here. No. Obey it. <laughs> but part of that obeying it you have to understand is that there's nowhere in scripture that puts the obligation on the individual that there has to be a certain amount of time that you spend with it individually. I think it's beneficial. I think it could be helpful, but they're just in certain, God has certain people in certain places in time where they have to depend on the communal aspect of the word, because that's about all the time that they've got. Certainly. You know, or education. Some people just don't do well reading, but when they sit mm -hmm. in discussions or they sit under the word, they just blossom in knowledge sure. and, and faith. And we can't downplay that or make them feel less than you're, you're a weaker disciple because you haven't engaged in seven hours of reading this week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gosh, there's a lot of thoughts I have. I, I think I want to talk in a minute about how the joy has been sucked out of this whole thing. Yeah. 
Uh, and this is because of the way that preachers and, and theologians talk about it, um, about reading the Bible. It's turned into something that it isn't, I think. Uh, and it becomes a real, it does become a burden when it shouldn't be that. That's right. Um, you know, even when it comes to knowing God's word, I think a lot of times we, we miss the forest for the trees, man. Mm-hmm. Like we, we get so caught up on like reading particular verses or reading particular passages or memorizing certain passages. Not that those things can't be helpful, but I care a lot more as a pastor that my people in our local church understand the emphasis of all of scripture. And they know how does, for people watching on YouTube, like how does that book hang together? Yeah. What's it about? Right. And can I talk to you about the plan of God from Genesis to Revelation that mm-hmm. centers on Christ? And do I have an idea of how the Old and New Testament relate to each other, et cetera? Yeah. Like yeah. it's not, it's not healthy for people to just read verses in a vacuum uh, and to to isolate passages and start to develop theological systems based on obscure verses. Because this <laughs> happens all the time. Oh, yeah. And I mean, we we have meetings regularly with our people, like folks that are new to our church usually coming to talk to us, asking theological and doctrinal questions. And we love to have meetings like this with people um, like our staff and pastors do. Mm-hmm. And it's almost to a person, this is what's happened. Like they've, they've read things or they've heard things where verses are being isolated or passages and, and they've, got a, they've got real questions about a theological framework that like, this doesn't seem good to me, but this is what I read. Like, how, do, how am I supposed to understand that? Mm. You know? And so then we start to talk to them about any number of things. Like the the redemptive historical emphasis of scripture, the Christ-centered emphasis of it, how like the covenants make sense of the whole. And here's what's going on. When Jesus talks like that, here's how you need to understand law and gospel and and all the different ways that he engages different groups of people, et cetera. I mean, we had a conversation like this yesterday in a meeting with a new attendee here. And the point of what I'm saying is let's even redefine how we talk about understanding scripture and engaging with it. It's not just that you can recite a verse from memory. That's great. Right. But it's like, do, do you know the truth about Jesus? Do you understand the law and the gospel? Do you understand how the Bible hangs together? Are you aware of the ways in which the Lord would have us live? Do you have any understanding of the relationship between your justification and your sanctification? Mm-hmm. Your identity with Christ or union with Christ and your identity in him. Do you know any of these things? Like, and that's how we should talk about knowing the word and engaging with the word. And let's make it normal to have conversations with each other in the church about these things all the time so that we're sharpening each other in how we understand the scriptures. I think that's a better way. And then Bible reading that takes place in that context is much more helpful. Yeah. Uh, Can you imagine being in a country where there is no healthcare system Yeah, and the healthcare system that is there ends up killing more people than it helps? I could see how you self-medicate and you start learning how to take care Uh, of yourself on your own, right? Yeah, I think that's what's happened in the modern evangelical world, in the Christian world here in the United States. I'm not even going to just blame evangelical, but just Christianity in general, in that there has been just a hatchet job done, spiritually speaking, and people find more benefit out of their own personal study. And even I would even say off the internet. I mean, Justin, you and I have people who email us and say, you guys have convinced me to go back to church after listening to you. Praise God. You know, no, that's what we Lord. want. But a lot but, of people go to church and they just, it's whack, dude. It is. And so like, just because yeah. someone does it wrong, doesn't mean that this is the better way. God's way is always exactly. the right way, not better way. It's the right way. And 
if if you've been in a church where they're not feeding you or they're misleading you or they're they're beating you, um, God instituted the church and he designed it to be in a certain way. And it's unfortunate, Justin, it's so unfortunate. You know, it's like saying marriage is a bad thing because a lot of people get divorced. No, <laughs> marriage isn't the problem. It's why, what caused the marriage to go sour and get the divorce. Same thing with the church. Church is not the problem. Uh, church is God's institution if used rightly. This is why, Justin, you must have qualified men, men who are trained, men who know the word and who can be held accountable, men of reputation. Why? Because their job is to shepherd the church. Their job is to teach, to be, like, technically, every Christian should have a teacher. Are you following me? Like every Christian should have a teacher because that teacher is the one who's going to help them and guide them in maturity into Christ. Unfortunately, we've been told to go home and be our own teachers and be our own guides with our own Bible study. And, and I'm like, listen, you should go home and, and, and learn all that you can, but you need a guide. And I, I know I'm, I'm sounding Roman Catholic, but I'm just saying this is what scripture says, right? Hey guys, real quick. Some of you are listening to this and it's encouraging to you, but you have questions. So where do you go? How do you interact with other people who have the same questions and share resources? We have started something called the Theocast community. And we're excited because not only is it a place for you to connect with other like-minded believers, all of our resources there, past podcasts, education materials, articles, all of it's there and you can share it and ask questions. You can go check it out. The link is in the description below. Yeah, John, like I said a minute ago, I think sadly for a lot of Christians, when they go to church, it is not helpful. I mean, their their church experience has been subpar, suboptimal at best, if not just out and out bad. Yeah. And so it's not a mystery as to why people would revert to other means and other methods of trying to engage with God's word, because mm-hmm. frankly, they can't trust what's going on in the church they attend. And that That's is right. lamentable. That is, uh, yeah. And May the Lord, may the Lord kill and close down churches that don't preach His word rightly. Yes, I said it. And may there be more <laughs> churches planted and and reformed so that the the scriptures are rightly taught and Christ is preached. I mean, it's may amen. that be. Amen. Amen. Uh, and at the same time, yeah, we trust the Lord that the ways that He has outlined in His Word for us to grow together. It's a community project. We trust that those things are good. And our our personal engagement with the scriptures is is a piece of that. And so don't hear us saying that the only way you engage with the Bible is on Sunday morning. That is not at all what we mean. Uh, there may be other structured opportunities for you at your church to engage with the scriptures. That's not even what we're talking about either. Mm-hmm. We're talking about holistically, Sunday morning, the Lord's Day gathering, the preaching of the word, the teaching of the scriptures in systematic ways in your church. But we're also talking about your living life in the fellowship of the saints having meaningful, deep friendships, and being able to engage with God's Word with other Christians. That's really important. And I don't think we do a good job of that either, frankly, um, many of us. And so don't just think about Bible engagement as your own personal time in the Word, reading it and contemplating it. And do acknowledge that you are prone to error and you might draw bad conclusions on your own. And so just be humble about that. And we are called, I want to be really clear, like when, John, you were talking a minute ago about several things and this popped into my mind. You hear people rip Acts 17 out of context a lot about being a good Berean. And they'll say, you know, I need to be a good Berean as though that means that they by themselves kind of sit in authority over the preacher and evaluate everything that's being said (laughs) because they, it's like I, as the individual, I'm the one because I have the Holy Spirit, I'm able to discern all truth. Mm -hmm. That's not 
what Paul is getting, or excuse me, what Luke is getting at and what, what is going on in, in Berea in Acts 17, um, that's a corporate exercise. Understand mm-hmm. that. Like being a good Berean, is to, it's a corporate engagement with the word where the word is taught, it's opened up, it's taught, and we together engage with it and discuss right. it. And we're sharpened by it. That's what being a good Berean is. And we're evaluating the teaching and we're evaluating the truth of scripture together. Sure. And if we well, together they went agree, to the synagogue because that's yeah, where the word was held. Just course. FYI. So <laughs> they didn't so go hear home. <laughs> us, hear us encouraging you to engage with the scripture in every conceivable way. And may we all humble ourselves and acknowledge our need of other believers, whether that's our pastors yeah. or whether that's our fellow church members and friends in the faith who can help us to better understand God's word. Mm. That's, that's healthy. That's sustainable. I want to make a comment about joy yeah. and freedom, John. Yeah. I'm happy to make it now but I'm happy to wait. Nope. No, I'll jump on that. Okay. So I think one of the most lamentable things about this entire conversation pertaining to Bible reading, I said this already, is that all the joy and the freedom have been sucked out of the thing. Mm -hmm. And it's because of how it's talked about. It's really funny to me that pastors, church leaders, theologians, basically the tone and the tenor of all the conversation about Bible reading is guilt and shame. Like we, we just get up there and we berate people and browbeat them and shame them for not reading their Bible and tell them that they might not be a Christian because they don't desire God's word enough and put all these qualifiers and conditions on eternity as it pertains to our desire for the word and all the, all the rest. And then we wonder why people only know how to engage the Bible in a burdensome way. It's because it's only ever been law that, that they've been burdened with. It's only ever been one, another thing that they need to do in order to prove that they're legitimate. And it's always been riddled with guilt and shame because I'm not doing it well enough. That's it's right. just it's just like we say a lot. If you want to make any Christian feel terrible, talk to them about their prayer life and their evangelism. <laughs> well, yeah, add right. in add in the Bible reading component, and that's you've right. got the trifecta, man. We that's we can right. shame everybody because we could all do better, and we know that. Right. So I think the tone of the conversation and the discussion about Bible reading has really hurt the whole thing. It's harmed mm-hmm. us because. I'll say it. I read the Bible most every day of my life. And I don't mean for my work. I just mean as a believer, I read the scriptures, but it's been, it was a paradigm shift for me at some point in my life where it began to become something that I didn't do out of rote obligation and and burden and duty. Like, Oh, I need to, I need to read it. And the more chapters, the better. And like, I've got to just do this. Uh, Even though I don't want to do this, I just got to do this and, you know, white knuckle the thing. Mm -hmm. When you begin to see that no, to read scripture is actually a joyful thing. And it's a freedom we have because of, of Christ, of course, but even because like the Lord loves us and he's pleased with us and he's told us how he feels about us. And even when I engage with the scripture, if I can, as I read of Christ, I I, like feel free to like put yourself there, Mm -hmm. you know, like he's talking to me and like the Lord loves me and he smiles on me and I am learning about him. You know, and I'm, I'm learning about his great plan and I know I'm safe and secure. And so I just want to engage here. Just that, like, that's a way better posture. And instead of having this, like just absolute this wreckage in your brain and your heart over feeling guilty, feeling shame. And many people, I'll just say that many people that have come to love Theocast, I think, you know, in the cage stage, you kind of swing out on the pendulum and yeah. because spiritual disciplines were always terrible. Like yeah. you ever, you always felt shame and guilt about them and you didn't see the usefulness of them. You hear us talk and then you draw the wrong conclusion. Well, I just have, I want nothing to do with Bible reading because 
it's just, I just have nothing but bad juju about it. Like yeah. I, there are people in my church that have felt that way. And, and this is, a, I, I hope, a helpful counterbalance and corrective to say, read it with joy, read it in freedom, know that the Lord loves you and that Jesus is smiling upon you as you engage with the word. And maybe it'll be a better experience. Right. And, th- and that's my encouragement is engage with the word. Um, you know, I'm not, you know, Justin and I are different in a lot of ways. I actually don't have like a time where I sit down and read the word every single day or a period of, of the word, but I can't think of a day in my life unless I'm really sick where I don't engage in the word. For sure. You know, in, in multiple different ways, whether it's hearing a sermon, listening to a pod, reading an article, right. uh, right. having a conversation. I And the thing is, those things are I good. just love the word. I yeah. love the word. I love God's word. It's like the it's my life. If I even if I wasn't a pastor, I love the I love the word. And if I can interject, dear Christian, listening to this podcast, so do you. Or That's you right. wouldn't be listening to this. That's right. If you didn't love the scriptures and love the gospel, you wouldn't be listening to this. That's right. And so, you know, this idea that you have to have sit down, you have to read through their Bible in a year. My encouragement too is know the word, engage his word in any means possible, whether it's you know, a song, an audio, or if it's a conversation, if it's reading a book, reading an article, you know, because sometimes people are like, I need to stop reading books and read more of the Bible. Well, yeah, maybe. That's know? probably a seasonal thing. I mean, you know, I don't like, know about that. You're free. You know, it's like, listen, just the desire is to know his word and know it rightly and then yep. to believe it and obey it. However that happens, right. you know, what's don't, interesting is the Bible doesn't, doesn't pigeonhole you that way. Right. Don't I think it's it. fascinating. No, there's yeah. no law in which there, there are certain things you you can't do. You can't abandon the, the the church. You have to listen to the preaching. You have to be a part of a Bible of a of a, of a body, and be underneath the teaching leading of eldership. Like that, that's that's non negotiable. Right? All right, I'll I'll pull back the curtain a little bit. This happened to me the other day. Um, I did, I had a limited amount of time, and I thought I could read the Bible or I could read this uh, a manuscript that this brother sent me that that I think is going to be a really edifying read. Mm-hmm. about the love of God. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, which, which do I, which am I going to do today? And like, I think a lot of times people would, well, I mean, clearly need to read the Bible because that's better. Uh, my thought process in the moment was one, what do I want to do? What sounds better? Mm-hmm. Two, uh, I really want to read what, what this friend in the faith wrote about the love of Christ. Cause I know enough about him. Yeah. Like the fact that we are really loved by God. Yeah. Uh, I want to start engaging with this manuscript because this is going to be biblical, right? And it's mm-hmm. going to encourage my soul that the Lord loves me. Mm. And like that's just a small example of the kind of freedom we should feel yeah. to engage with the word. And that, that may be in reading chapter and verse, that might be in listening to a, a podcast, that might be in reading a book that is going to be you're, what you're doing there is engaging with the word through the labor of another Christian. That's right. That's a useful thing too. Yep. And so we shouldn't just pigeonhole ourselves to use your word. We shouldn't codify this thing and, and just kind of bind ourselves into this. There's only one way to go about doing this. And there's only one way to grow and benefit and be edified and sharp and encouraged. Mm-hmm. So, well, it's a number of different ways that we can even engage with the scriptures in our daily lives. That's right. And uh, maybe some of this has been helpful to the listener. Yeah, and that's our goal. You know, yeah. uh, we want to remove the burden of God's word in general. <clears throat> we want the gospel yeah. to become centerfold. And I would say, Justin, when you see the glory of Christ oh. in the face of Jesus, the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, yeah. then the word of God changes for you. It's exactly uh, right. when you see God as a tyrant who's yeah. going to thump you. Man, I could see yeah. why you want to stay away well, from that story. And that's why <laughs> I just keep. I agree. That's why I keep pounding that the Lord loves us and smiles on us, and and Jesus 
you know, I mean, when he says the wonderful things he says, he says those things to us and may administer to our souls. And I think that'll encourage us all to engage with the word. Amen. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening. Um, to in case you missed it, we're encouraging you to know and love his word yeah, in any yeah. means possible. Okay. In any means possible, know and love the word. It's not an either or. Uh, if you're not in a good church that is shepherding you, preaching to you and encouraging you, then you, you should be in one. Let us encourage find you one. to Amen. find one because it really is powerful. That's where mm-hmm. God's rest is found and that's where his spirit encourages us. So thank you for listening. Uh, may God's peace and grace be upon you. And uh, we'll see you next week. Amen. Hey everyone, before you go, Justin and I first wanted to say thank you. And if this has been encouraging to you in any way, please feel free to share it. But we also need your support. And it's when you give that it really helps us financially reach more people. So the next time you consider giving to a ministry, we hope that you would pray about Theocast and partner with us as we share the gospel around the world.